welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It's eight minutes after the hour. If you weren't listening in the first hour, then uh, let me just tell you that you're going to have to go back and uh, and get it off the uh, off the web because the podcast. Because uh, with uh, Chuck Basie on board, we covered uh, the the uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act, PDMP, and a, and a couple of other pieces of legislation. There's also uh, a huge fine if you weren't listening to the first hour of the show. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's twenty five dollars. It's fifty today. Yeah, you've been ripping me off. He's got to buy lumber. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, well, in that case. Uh, anyway, but you'll have to listen to the podcast to get all that information because we're moving on. The last caller, uh, I think what he was trying to say essentially was he's afraid that we'll, we'll go for the uh, you know full automatic and get rid of all these gun regulations. And then people will rebel. They'll go, that's too far. And that, that, uh, that everything will fall apart. Uh, and Gary, I, I absolutely respect that concern. I mean, it, you you don't want to go too far. And Alan Gurrow a good friend of mine. He comes to Columbia every couple of years to teach firearms law classes with me. Alan's the one that argued the Heller case and was here about six months after it was decided. And at the time, you know, we talked about full automatic weapons and RGB's comments and things like that. And Alan said, you know, I knew the Heller case, or words to the effect of, you know, the Heller case was not the place to go after something like full auto. We had to establish the true meaning of the Second Amendment and leave other issues for another day. And when Scalia announced the decision, you know, went out publicly and announced the decision of Heller, you know, he talked about the decision, justification for it, and said, you know, basically said, this is our first decision on the Second Amendment. We haven't, we know we haven't answered every issue, and we'll do that in future cases. So. Yeah, left the door open, but. Um, yeah. It, it, was, it was kind of a letdown because they didn't go as far as I thought they should. Uh, and the caller is right. I would like to see. Uh, the Second Amendment supported the way the Founding Fathers envisioned it. And what uh, what the caller is saying is that if we push for that, uh, and, and I don't know anybody who is in the courts right now doing so, but if we push for that, then, uh, you know, people will rebel. They'll think that's insane, and they'll, and they'll uh, reject it. Uh, uh, a, funny, a funny side note to that. In Sweden and Spain, they do not treat fully automatic rifles any different than they do semi-automatic rifles. So if you're able to afford and go through the paperwork to get a semi-automatic rifle, they don't care if it's single shot or fully automatic. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that all of us have fired fully automatic rifles, and we know why they're really not uh, Well, they're ideal. too expensive to feed. Huh? They're too expensive to feed. Yeah, I mean, it just takes a few seconds, and uh, and with today's prices, uh, and you're broke. Speaking of uh, too expensive to to feed, Garson, how are we doing with ammo? Is it starting to loosen up a little? Uh, yeah. So I pay attention to auction sites, and the crazy prices have started to drop a little bit. Um, so I think everyone that had a lot more money than cents is finally filled up their coffers to the point where they're no longer um, buying ammo at stupid prices, and it's just come down to moderately infuriating prices. <laughs> yeah, I went out looking for my favorite ammo, and you know what that is. Uh, and I cannot find it anywhere yet. Yeah, so. Armscore hasn't shipped us any of that in over a year. 
Boy, they better get on the stick here. You did. You did get the gun with the switch barrel, though, right? Yes, I did. So I can switch it to nine millimeter if I if I have to. But I so enjoy shooting that with that uh, twenty two in there. It's just just fun. Yeah, it's a pocket rocket. And um, speaking of uh, of uh, firearms, what do we got here? Uh, I got some cool stuff. Um, we've got another Benelli M4 in. Um, the last one we had of those was probably about a year ago um, in green. This one's in all black. Um, it's a pistol grip version. Um, so these have been trading regularly on Gunbroker um, for as much as $4,000. Um, we actually have ours priced under MSRP um, at, oh, where did the ticket go? Uh, seventeen eighty-five. So you guys aren't oh, gouging at man. all. Yeah, I mean, you know, we want to be here. We've been here sixty years. We want to be here another sixty years, and you you don't stay in business by, you know, taking advantage of people. That is so sweet. That's such a nice shotgun. Yeah, yeah. it's on my it's it's, on my need list. It's gas piston, so it's you know. Be, I can't afford the gas. Benelli's <laughs> <laughs> are notoriously clean to begin with, um, because of their. Um, um, locking bolt so most everything's expelled through the barrel and you know it keeps the action pretty clean um as other you know gas operated shotguns they get pretty dirty under the handguard but because this one's a gas piston um you know it uh it stays extremely clean and uh will run for a a notoriously long time before you know having to have maintenance so if you don't like cleaning your guns uh like some of my buddies um, this is this is the shotgun for you to load up and you know throw in the corner or your vehicle and and um, not have to worry about it working when you need it. That's well, really not a bad price. No, no. Um, MSRP price. on them is twenty two hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, or higher. Um, but yeah, awesome shotgun. Uh, but if you're not in the market for you know an expensive semi-auto shotgun, we got um, a Mossberg five hundred retrograde finally. Um, so Mossberg has gone back and started making their uh, 500 and 590s with the Woodstocks like they did, you know, um, back in the 70s and back to, you know, World War II, World War I. Um, and you get a 590 with Woodstock now. It looks awesome. Um, Mossberg makes a nice shotgun. I, I actually got one for my wife. Uh, it's the one that's uh, that's made for, uh, you know, smaller people or, or even uh, young kids. The Bantam? Yeah, and and she loves it. Um, it's it's a uh, it's 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 just a fine shotgun for the money. I don't see how you can go wrong. We got a lot of other stories here that we need to cover, uh, uh, in, including this uh, 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 push to get rid of uh, eighty percenters. Uh, we got a question from uh, Michael on Facebook and calls as well. Brian, I'm going to go grab the phone call uh, from Jennifer find out what's on her mind, uh, and then we'll go from there, okay? Let's do okay. that. All right. Jennifer, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I have a friend that I wanted to buy a gun for, and he was talking about a Spencer repeating rifle, and I looked it up, and I can't really find anything besides, like, pictures, or I, I, I just didn't know. Your radio is on in the background, uh, Jennifer, and, and because of the delay, uh, it makes it very difficult for you to talk. Um, I turned it down. Okay. 
so you're looking for that rifle? Yes. Where, where would where would a person find a rifle like that? Because he talked about it being an older rifle. Um. So the original Spencers, um, you'll probably only find at high end auctions. They're they're extremely rare. Um, they were they were you know made in the mid eighteen hundreds. Um, but yeah, but he said that uh, a company took the Spencer company over, and a new company makes them. Is that correct or no? I, I don't know if anyone's actually making them under the Spencer name, but I know um, there's an Italian company um, making clones of the Spencer carbine, um, and right. it's it's imported by two or three different companies here in the U.S. Um, I know Taylor's. Firearms and Co. is importing one, um, and I believe Beretta or Uberti um, was also bringing one under their name. Um, I'm trying to find it now, but I'm not but being very what, successful. But Jennifer, yeah, they are, the the reproductions are out there, um, but I, I believe they're only brought over a couple times a year. So. Okay. I appreciate the help because, I, I, like I said, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find anything besides like pictures and books about Spencer's. So, yeah, I'd start with Taylor's Firearms Co. Um, Taylor. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have uh, your best bet to find one of those. There okay. you go, uh, Jennifer. Thank I, you. Take I care. Glad your help. All right, glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Up against the clock. Quick break. We'll come back. Find out what else is. Uh, on the table here from graphs uh we got a question from michael uh that we will address in the next segment as well you're listening to gary on guns hot talk 93.9 eagle it is 22 minutes after the hour chuck basie who has been quietly sitting in the corner there and uh not saying a whole lot uh, this last segment is on board he is a second amendment supporter and uh, state legislator we've got uh dale roberts on board for the cpoa graphs of course has sent us uh uh, Garson, uh, anybody know what's going on on the 25th of May? Anything? Hmm. hmm. Not sure. No. Bianchi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you want to see some of the most incredible shots, shooters from around the world, uh, it is on. Uh, it's going to be at Green Valley uh, Pistol and Rifle Club. It is just—it's uh, a terrific place, by the way. So if you uh, if you have an opportunity, you might want to join because it's a great place to shoot. Uh, now, until then, uh, things are going to be a little tight because these guys are all going to be out there practicing. But uh, on the twenty fifth, the fun begins. Uh, but they're actually. Uh, uh, doing things today. There's uh let's see what's going on over there today. Small bore rifle uh, metallic silhouette match. Um, there's an action pistol uh, uh, match going on uh, May 15th. Uh, that starts at 8 a.m. Sorry, I got off mic there. Uh, but it is um, it's a great place to shoot. And Bianchi is just incredible. Just to see the eye hand coordination, to watch the speed with which these men and women are able to. To shoot and the accuracy, it is just, it is a sight to behold. So get your uh, ear protection and uh, eye protection and, and uh, head on out to Green Valley and Hallsville and watch some of the most amazing shooting you're going to find anywhere in the world. And that, Gary, for the public's 
knowledge. I mean, that is, uh, Green Valley's a private club, but when the Bianchi match is there, it's open to the public. I don't believe there's any admission charge. You obviously have to have eye and ear protection to be on the range, to be out there when that's going on. Uh, but, you know, the general public can go out and see highly skilled competitive shooters. Yeah, some of them are almost as good as me. Uh, I'm, really? I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Shocked. Well, well, I don't. I don't understand why Garson is laughing. I, I, that, and, and the, the other, you know, the neat thing about one of the neat thing about bringing that to town, and it brings a lot of revenue to the community, is I've been. I used to work as an RO at the match, and being with the Bianchi shooters, you know, a group of people from Japan or Australia, wherever, when they walk into, you know, Graf and Sons or, or Powderhorn or someplace, and they look around like a kid on Christmas morning, like. You mean you can let this stuff sit out in, in the open like this? I can just pick it up? Yeah. You know, like some of them, you know, in our country, it has to be under the counter. We have to have permission to ask for it. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. But it's a terrific event, so head on out there. Uh, Garson, anything else you want to brag about that people can get at uh, Graf's? Yeah, we got a pretty cool uh, Century Arms import uh, bullpup 12-gauge magazine-fed uh, shotgun in a 20-inch barrel. Um, so if you're looking for a short little alternative to the KSG, um, this one's this one's pretty cool. And then, yeah, that um, sounds pretty cool. For, for the color, asking about the Spencer, um, Taylor's does have those. I don't know if they're in stock, but Chiapa and Cimarron are, are the other two companies I was thinking of. What's okay. Page? So, um, it, 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 Brian has the website... Uh, and he just said it in my headphones. Yeah, that is uh, taylorsfirearms.com. taylorsfirearms.com. All Correct. right. Thank you, sir. Is this actually the first time we've ever had a firearm that they didn't have at Graf's? I think it is. Oh, yeah. probably, probably not. <laughs> usually, usually Garson has this plan uh, where he, he says, look at this incredible firearm. Uh, it's rare than hen's teeth. <laughs> it's made out of unobtainium, and there's only one of them in the world. It's in my hand, so you can't have it right now because it's not at the store. Um, yeah, I bought that SIG, by the way. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you so you now finally own a firearm of your own. How how wonderful. <laughs> That's the, the goal of marketing is you create a demand, and then you frustrate it by, by removing <laughs> the item for which you created the demand. Yeah, he's done very well with that. Michael on Facebook has a question. He says, when will we address Antifa and Black Lives Matter appropriately? If the cops aren't allowed to arrest them, might they not arrest good citizens for doing it themselves? I'm not sure I quite understand that question, but uh, I'll throw it out there. Anybody quite grasp that question? What is it... Uh it sounds like he's asking if I do something to stop, you know, an Antifa or Black Lives Matter person who presumably is doing something illegal. Will the cops arrest me? I, I, I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into the question. Um, there is a citizen's right to make an arrest, but it's very it's limited and pretty risky um, and somewhat similar to this. I just read an article uh yesterday about a guy in St. Louis who was convicted, I think, to 12 years in prison 
because he robbed a marijuana dealer. And I jokingly said to a friend, so if you commit a crime against somebody else who's committing a crime, they, I guess they don't actually cancel each other out. No, it's just not. Uh, actually, Chuck, I do have a question um, for you. At least I did a second ago. Uh, but now, of course, I've had a Biden moment and it's gone. <laughs> oh, that is About so Black Lives Matter or Antifa? Uh, I actually, a, a little bit of both. Um, there was some legislation offered up that said if uh, I'm driving down the street and uh, these people are clamoring all over me and I'm afraid that they're going to break into the car, pull us out, I can just drive on right. through. Yeah, Did that pass? Uh, the right well, to it, uh, it passed through the House. It was a Senate bill, Senate Bill 26. And that was the underlying bill about um, individuals that are supposedly protesting, blocking uh, the interstate or uh, major thoroughfares. And um, but that was heavily amended by the House. We we spent several hours on that. So it is now in conference committee, and they're probably going to take a lot of the amendments off. But I I think that bill will pass. It'll make it a crime to to uh, you know uh, supposedly I don't consider that protesting when they're blocking um, an interstate or a major roadway because you're interfering in other people's rights to go about their their daily activities. And uh, not only that, it's just flat-out dangerous. And it, I think it actually hurts their cause when they do that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I believe that'll, that'll pass this year. I'm pretty, pretty confident it will. Any concern that that might lead people to um, more uh, readily... You know, just step on the gas. Um, are there any checks and balances in that to prevent purposeful hit and run? Well, you know, I think it comes down to what happened here in Columbia. You know, when that uh, I think it was at the corner of Broadway and uh, Providence, where uh, somebody was. It was a young person. I remember that they were at the stoplight down there, and they started beating on this uh, person's car, and and uh, they stepped on the gas and ran somebody over and uh they never charged it that person because they were in fear for their life coming up in the next segment in a press release issued by the department of justice merrick garland said he wants to update definitions of firearm and related parts what does that mean that's next gary on guns it is 35 minutes after the hour and uh, if you just t tuned in, uh, Garson is in from Graf's. Uh, Chuck Basie on board with us also, state legislator, Second Amendment supporter. And uh, Dale Roberts is on board with us as well. Uh, in a press release that was issued by the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, that's Merrick Garland, uh, said uh, they want to update the definitions of firearm and related parts for the first time since 1968. Um he didn't mention that the definitions are part of the Gun Control Act of 1968, uh, legislation passed by Congress and not imposed via executive action or through rulemaking. Uh, the story is that uh, the Citizens Free Press, to help uh, keep guns from being sold to convicted felons and other prohibited purchasers, the rule would make clear that retailers must run background checks before selling kits that contain the parts necessary for someone to readily make the gun at home. To help law enforcement trace guns used in a crime, the rule would require that manufacturers include a serial number on the firearm frame or receiver in easy-to-build firearm kits. 
So it looks to me, Chuck, as though if it's challenging to build, then you don't have to go through this. Um, so the determination about whether or not you're compelled to put a serial number on your firearm is whether or not it's difficult. So we can start making 79% lowers then? Well, if it's difficult. Right. Well, they, they, they say 80% is the threshold, right? So we just start making 79% lowers? Well, no, they say difficult, which I think is somewhat subjective. Well, after seeing some of the people make these 80% lowers in the guns, I'd say it's pretty difficult already. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. You know, I'm not sure how popular this is. Um, I don't know, maybe uh, Garson knows more, but I, I sure... I would just rather, you know, get a Glock or a Smith & Wesson instead of trying to make my own thing. It, it surprises me how popular it is. Really? Um, but I think some people are in it for the fun of doing it, which I have no problem with it. The other people that think they're circumventing some law and they're going to have guns after all their guns are taken away from us are just kidding themselves and are the worst kind of gun owner. Yeah, if I did it, I wouldn't, I don't know, I'd be afraid to shoot it. If, yeah, if I I'd be afraid it. to shoot it too. I'd, I'd yeah, say, well, care. here taught my wife into doing it for me. Just, <laughs> you know, I don't think that would work or not. But. Next time I see your wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record it. Um, so I, uh, you know, you, yeah, I would uh, just mount it over the fireplace and leave it. I would never take it out and shoot it. But it's a pretty subjective way to write law, isn't it? It strikes me as pretty subjective because what, you know, an 80 percenter might be challenging for me. Uh, and a 95 percenter might be challenging for Garson. So, you know, what's the barometer here? Uh, let me go to the phones there. Garson, I got away with a cheap shot. You didn't even well, say no, anything. I, I, it is 95 percent challenging for me because I, I have to stomach doing an 80 percent lower. I mean, that's the hard part for me. All right, let me go to the phones here. Chris, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? I'm doing all right. I think the barometer is uh, whatever we can do to... Uh screw you over and take it away from you is pretty much what the rule's going to be, and we're just going to keep changing it. You know, I heard the president say it only takes 30 minutes to do one of those 80% lowers. <laughs> I guess Joe's done a few of those, huh? Yeah, yeah, it I, takes I, him that long to walk down the steps in the White House. Yeah, and I've heard people talk about, you know, how long and how many hours you put into that, and you end up screwing it up anyway, and whatever. It's not for your average person that doesn't have a milling machine, <laughs> but, you know, who cares about facts? Hey, I was going to throw... Uh, something in I, I didn't know if you guys had covered this in the past or not but uh were you not listening well i you know i can't remember everything i'm sorry oh uh, just having a biden I, moment okay go I, ahead. I should have had brian look over the log but uh anyway the there, there's a uh, grand american uh championship trap shoot that they usually have in illinois every year but uh being that illinois can't slack up on all their covid stuff and all they're moving it down to lake of the ozarks this year and that's a national event at the uh Missouri Trap Shooter Association down there in Lynn Creek. And three or 5,000 people will show up and so on. So uh, more good times and uh, at the lake and uh, more money for everybody down here because, well, Illinois. But I yeah. uh, thought I'd throw that in. But, you know, there's, they also have the Missouri shoot there in a week or two, I think, uh, like the 17th, the 20th or something like that. So yeah. if you're into trap shooting and all that, you know where to go. Yeah, I think Lynn hosted the Grand last year as well. Um, and I think uh, we'll be down there with ammo for competitors. Yeah. Well, I thought right. it was first year for that, but anyway. Uh, well, it's great. And if whichever. they really, if they like it better than uh, Illinois, they'll stay here. That's what I was thinking. They may just keep coming back. There you go. Chris, thank you. All right. 
All right, glad to have you on uh, Gary on guns. Um, the other thing uh, related to this uh, 80%er thing is how in the world are they going to get around 3D printed guns? I mean, come on. The software is out there. People have been buying it. Uh, if you got a 3D printer, and again, it's not something that I would necessarily do. I, I, I would just as soon uh, buy a firearm that was made by the pros. But this is, you know, this is going after something that they, that they, this is a war on guns, and they'll never win it. At yep. least, is go there, ahead, Chuck. Is there that m much of a problem with these uh, so-called ghost guns? Are they being used in crimes? No, you know, the, the silliness of this is most people don't shoot and then drop their gun and leave it. it yeah, it's not... I, yeah, I don't understand it, but, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of surprises coming out of this administration over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Uh, you got to hope that at some point um, the courts step in and curtail this. Uh, because it just uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, all right, eight seven four ninety three ninety. The toll free number eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Well, I was going to go into this, but apparently we're uh, well, all right. We'll come right back and uh, gun sales up again. Still. Details. <laughs> hey, welcome. It's forty seven minutes after the hour, and uh, U.S. firearm sales went up for the thirteenth straight month last month. Not only did it go up again, but it recorded the highest April tally on record, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. So if you're looking for a firearm, um, it's, it's still quite a challenge. Uh, and, of course, going along with that is the ammo. Uh, so when, you know, when Garson says, hey, we got this at Graf's, you better go down there and get it before it disappears. How are you guys doing with pistols, by the way? Um... Okay. Um, I mean, compared to some people, we're doing pretty good. Um, still got a couple tank folios left. Um, got a few more Smith & Wesson M&P EZs in. Um, I think we got a Colt um, Cobra in and a few other uh, cowboy-style guns. Uh, so we're, it's flowing, but um, still, not, still not at 100%. So uh, it, that's the place to go then. Uh, Graf's is in Mexico, Missouri. It's a short ride, absolutely worth it. Uh, have either of you guys, any of you guys, ever been to a cowboy shoot? No, I'm not, not. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! I, I keep meaning to, but I, uh, I just not. I never have time. I always end up having to do something else every time I think I'm going to go to one. Tim Oliver uh, <clears throat> took me out to a cowboy shoot uh, a few years ago, and uh, it was really kind of neat to see these people shooting with, with these uh, old revolvers and uh, lever-action rifles, and, uh, you know, and they, they come dressed in, in uh, period clothing, and, and they've got this sort of a small town, it, it looks like a set from a Western movie uh, that they use for their contests. Looks like a lot of fun. I, I got to shoot a little bit when I was out there, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and if uh, if anybody is looking for a, a great way to spend a weekend, uh, they might want to look for those cowboy shoots because they are, ju you know, just great old-fashioned fun. 
Yeah, there there used to be some guys here locally that did that on private property, um, but I've not I've not heard from them in a while. And the and the closest cowboy action club that I know of is down by Springfield. Well, it's it's definitely fun if you get a chance and you've got some time. Uh, and you can find one of those events, do it. Uh, if nothing else, just go down there and watch it. Uh, uh, because they were using lever-action uh, rifles, which are my favorite, uh, I really enjoyed myself down there. So you get a chance. Yeah, and they got a they got another class, the Wild Bunch class, where you're allowed to use more modern firearms and a semi-automatic pistol um, to, to lower the cost of entry for some people. Yeah. And, and the video I've seen of some of those, they're doing things like shooting from horseback moving horseback it, as if you know accuracy isn't already a little bit of a challenge in competition let's have you moving forward and bouncing up and down at the same time <laughs> yeah let's see if you can do that while you're uh, post if you post while you trot writing uh, english that would be a challenge but i've, I've not seen that um at least it wasn't down there when i was uh, there with tim oliver um well, and there's a whole nother sport for mounted shooting um, that's an arena-based sport, which is pretty awesome as well. You know, there are so many different, you know, three-gun matches and all of this stuff. Um, there are just so many ways uh, to go out and have fun and entertain and meet people. Uh, and you're going to meet some of the nicest damn people uh, in the world uh, when you go to these events. Whether you participate or you watch, uh, they're just great people. Um, vilified perhaps by the left because most of them are, you know, gun owners of America or National Rifle Association members, but they're really terrific. Uh, on Cowboy Shoots, I think David may have some information. David, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. Yes, sir. As far as local clubs shoot, I believe it's today Mellersburg, uh, Owl Creek Gun Club is shooting. It's a cowboy uh, shoot? Yes. Higginsville shoots the second or the first Sunday of the month, and there's Pioneer Gun Club at uh, Odessa that shoots the first Saturday of the month. All right, so there are places around. Have you? Uh, do you participate or just? Uh, just yes, walk? I do. Do you? Um, Is this the same group that Chuck and OJ used to shoot with? That who? Uh, Chuck and OJ. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so, so you get in the costume, uh, and you bring your revolvers uh, and and period weapons. Uh, how long do yeah. those matches last? Uh, matches at Higginsville shoot sixty stages, or six, six stages, and um, it lasts about three or four hours. It's a great way to spend three or four hours, whether you're watching or playing. Yes. And playing is always more fun than just watching. All right. Yes. David, thank you for the information. Glad to have you on You're Gary welcome. on Guns. What? What? Well, now I'm spending more money. Now you're spending more money. Sorry. No, it's it's always one of those things where I keep planning to do it, but now that I know it's close again, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that again now. You know, there is a, uh, a, a caller on the weekday show. And Just one? That's impressive. Well, only one that said he could tolerate you on the show. <laughs> uh, the rest of them uh, Where's couldn't. Kevin Jackson when you need him? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he called up to tell me that he runs uh, this outfit down in Springfield. And they uh, have those shoot-don't-shoot shoot scenarios. Uh, fats. 
firearm training simulator. I heard that. Yeah. And he invited me to come down there, and I thought maybe if you guys would like to do this, I can arrange for us to do the show down there. Oh, yes. Would you guys be interested? I'd do that. Yeah, I would too. Um, so what I might have to do is uh, uh, pre-record this uh, that segment, but it would be a lot of fun. I would love to do that. Has anybody done that uh, at any time in the past? Um, at one of my previous employers, we had we had that system, the video-based one, um, and it was it was challenging. Uh, we didn't get some of the scenarios that are only available to law enforcement, but um, we had a few that, you know, to try out the system and test it, to resell it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very interesting and a little strange, but uh, definitely interesting. And I've done it several times. I think all the ones I've done were put on by the Missouri Highway Patrol with their training simulator situation. And, they, you know, they have scenarios where when I was the head of alcohol and tobacco control, you know, you'd have your using a Glock that is attached to a small air hose so that when you pull the trigger, the air pressure causes the firearm to cycle and recoil and feels pretty realistic. And, you know, you have a wall-sized video that shows a fight in a bar and the guy at the control, a person at the control panel can change it on the fly so that one minute woman, you know, screams at you, curses, reaches in her purse and pulls out a cell phone or in the alternative, she does all that, reaches in her purse and pulls out a firearm. And you have seconds, as in real life, you have seconds to decide, you know, what's she doing and what's my reaction going to be. It's, I wish more naysayers and politicians had access to this to see what it's really like. You know, maybe we could arrange that. Maybe we could bring somebody with us that um, is anti-cop just to see how they would do. Because it, it's, it's sometimes, it's not even seconds, it's fractions of a second. Uh, you've got to be, you know, ready and able to discern what exactly is happening and who it is and, and how to respond. And that's just really, really tough. But even if we can't get somebody on the other side of the coin, somebody who's anti-cop, to come with us, I'm going to go ahead and see if I can pull, pardon the expression, pull the trigger on this uh, and arrange for us to all uh, head down to... Uh, I think it's in Springfield. Wasn't it Springfield, Brian? I think so, yes. Uh, and, it, and it is a professional system. They do use it uh, to train law enforcement. I think the Highway Patrol in Jeff City has a very similar thing. that you know, We actually uh, participated in that on our, what they call the freshman tour, right after we were elected the first time. Gee, I wonder uh, if they would, you know, that would save us a long ride. Uh, Jeff City is uh, like 30 minutes from here. Maybe, maybe the Highway Patrol would... Uh, be willing to host us. Well, the, uh, I think LETI has one too, don't they? They, they? they did. That's right. Right down the street from us. Yes. All it's, right. It's basically a you know hundred thousand dollar video game, if you want to put it like that. It's a heck of a setup. Well, they just need to add a snack bar, and <laughs> we can have our own Dave and Buster's. <laughs> you know, do you guys ever remember watching those old Clint Eastwood movies, Dirty Harry movies, where he's uh, in, where he's going through those uh, scenarios, Not and they were using vehicles. cardboard figures and. Mechanical devices and real guns. Yes. Uh, that just looked like, even back then when I was watching them, I thought it would be, uh, it would be a, a lot of fun. Um, they were right. one of those walkers in Police Academy, too, and I like where Hackleberry went through the course. 
Tackleberry. Tackleberry. Took her head off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. These people are not safe with guns. All right. Uh, I want to thank uh, Chuck Basie for being on board with us, uh, state representative. And I want to thank Garson, Ch- Garson for being on board from Graf's. And, of course, uh, Dale Roberts in the CPOA. Whatever it is in life that you all want, you go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your life. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby, honey. I'm coming home.